20. The Discovery. Chapter 1. My name is Marco. Her name is Tassandra. Isn't that a beautiful name? A beautiful name for a beautiful girl. Which is what I told her as I sidled up casually to her locker. Tassandra, I said. Marco, she said. A beautiful name for a beautiful girl, I said. What is... Marco? No, Tassandra. What? Tassandra. I was just saying I thought it would be a beautiful name for a beautiful girl. Oh, really? She said, giving me serious fish eye. It would be, huh? For a beautiful girl. But not for me, huh? That's what you're saying? You just came all the way over here, acting all cool, to tell me I should give my name to some beautiful girl, because I'm too much of a pig to have the name? At this point, I could have explained. But I had this bad feeling that the moment was past. You know? Like nothing I could possibly say was going to make this work. How about if we just say this conversation never happened? I suggested. How about if I just turn and walk away? That would be a good idea. Now, where was I? Oh yeah, my name is Marco. And I can't tell you my last name or where I live. Why not? Because I'm hoping to live long enough to figure out females. That's why. I mean, is it just me? Or are they way too sensitive? The other day, I was talking to this girl named Danielle. And she happens to work out a lot. So she's very strong. But in a good way. In a good way, I emphasize. So I say to her, Whoa, Danielle. You're looking way buff. Look at those shoulders of yours. You could practically be a boy. What does she do? Does she say, Thanks, Marco, for paying me a compliment? No. She calls over this guy she likes, this guy named Justin Mullins, and says, Marco just said I look like a boy. Well, the end result was me running down the hall yelling, I meant it in a nice way! Stop chasing me! It was a compliment! But that's beside the point. I've been chased by worse than Justin Mullins. I've been chased by hork warriors. I've been chased by taxons. I've been chased by Visser Three himself. Here's the thing you need to understand. Life isn't what you think it is. There are things going on that you don't understand. Earth is being invaded by some not-nice creatures called yurts. They are a parasitic species like tapeworms. Only they get into your head not your stomach. They control you. Utterly. Totally. You're the Muppet and they're the Hand. We call people like that controllers. That's what you are when you're nothing but a human puppet under the control of the yerk in your head. They are everywhere. They can be anyone. You'll never know for sure. Your dad, your mom, your brothers and sisters, the guy who comes to your house and fixes the furnace, the smarmy anchorman on the news. The politician. The teacher. The cute little kid. There is no way to know. No way to be sure who is and who is not. And who is resisting this alien invasion? Who is protecting Earth from the slow-motion, secret conquest by brain-controlling parasites? Well, prepare to be depressed. Because the only ones fighting the Yerks are me, four of my friends, and a half-horse, half-scorpion, 
half humanoid and a light we call Axe. Yes, I know that's too many halves. The point is, it's me and a handful of my friends trying to save humanity. Now you're worried, right? Fortunately, we do have certain powers. We have the ability to become any animal whose DNA we can acquire. Seriously. It wasn't something we were born with. We're not freaks. We're not some circus act. We're not the X-Men. Our morphing powers come from Andalite technology. Long story made short, a doomed Andalite prince named Alfangor used a small blue box to transform us in such a way that we can absorb DNA through touch. And then, just by focusing our thoughts, become that animal. Obviously, this technology is just slightly ahead of human technology. The Andalites are very, very advanced. I hear they even have a web browser that actually works. Not to mention that whole faster-than-light space travel thing. The sad thing is, the thing even I can't joke about, is what happened right after Alfangor gave us this power. That's when Visser III, the leader of the Yurk forces on Earth, arrived with hork and human controllers, and murdered Alfangor. Visser III morphed. Yes, that's right, he has the morphing power too. There are millions of hork that have been made into controllers, and millions of taxons, and at least thousands of humans. But there is only one Andalite controller. Just one Yurk who has an Andalite host body. Just one who has the Andalite morphing power. Visser 3. It was Visser 3 who morphed into some hideous beast whose DNA he'd acquired on some far distant world. And literally, ate Alfangor. Then, they annihilated all traces of Alfangor's ship. All traces. Or, so I'd thought. I was walking away from Tashandra, shaking my head and muttering to myself about females, when I saw it. I didn't even see the kid holding it at first. I just saw the box. The blue box. The morphing cube. Chapter 2 Yo! I said to the boy with the blue box. I don't know why I said yo. I am not a yo kind of person. It was all I could think to say. I was too busy having a heart attack to think of anything else. See, that blue box was supposed to have been destroyed. That blue box represented more power than half the weapons in the world combined. That little blue box could give anyone morphing power. The Yurks would do anything to get it. And when I say anything, I mean some things you don't even want to think about. So I said, yo! And the kid stopped walking. He looked at me like maybe he should know me, but couldn't quite remember me. He was a little taller than me. Most people are. He had blonde hair and brown eyes, and a look on his face like maybe he had an attitude. What? he asked me. Um, I don't know you, do I? I said. I'm new, he said. Ah, I remarked. Normally, words come easily to me, but I was in brain lock. I kept scanning around the crowded hallway, looking for Jake, or Cassie, someone with some sense. Not Rachel. Rachel's idea of dealing with this kid would probably involve dragging him into the nearest closet, morphing into her grizzly bear morph, and getting that blue box the quick and direct way. But I didn't see Jake, or Cassie, or even Rachel. 
So, my name is Marco. I'm David. David! Okay, good name. David gave me a look like maybe I was an idiot. And, to be honest with you, I wasn't doing much to change his opinion. Later, he said, and started to walk away. Hey, David! I yelled after him. What's that blue thing? He turned back toward me. I don't know. I found it. It was in that construction site, over across from the mall. In a hole in a wall. Inside the cement block. Like it had been put there or something. Yeah? Yeah. It's weird. I mean, it feels like it must be something, you know? Like it's not just a plain old box. It has some writing on it. Like it might be foreign or something. The gentle sound of the bell made me leap approximately a foot in the air. Hey, can I have it? I mean, it looks cool and all. I could pay you... I began turning my pockets out. Lint balls? A very old peppermint lifesaver? I could pay you a dollar and thirty-two cents, I offered lamely, holding out the bill, the coins, and the lifesaver. Marco, huh? The kid said. Yeah, I'm Marco. Nice to meet you. Even nicer to say goodbye, he said. He walked away. And then, too late, I spotted Jake. I went right up to him, grabbed him by the jacket, and yanked him into the boys' bathroom. Some kid has the blue box, I hissed. What blue box? He demanded, shoving me back. The blue box. I crouched to look under the stall doors and make sure we were alone. Alfangor's blue box. Jake's face went pale. Oh, Chapter 3 We were in the barn. Cassie's barn. Also known as the Wildlife Rehabilitation Clinic. Cassie's parents are both veterinarians. And she's very into animals too. In fact, while the rest of us were busy panicking, she was calmly shoving pills down the throat of an enormous swan. How did that blue box manage to survive? Rachel demanded. The Yurks draconed Alfangor's fighter till it was dust. We were there. We watched it happen. We all turned to look at Axe. Sometimes, Axe doesn't attend meetings, but we needed him here for this one. He was in his own, fabulously strange and alight body. Blue and tan fur. Weak arms. Too many fingers. Four hooves. Nasty bullwhip tail. No mouth. And two extra eyeballs mounted on stalks that looked this way and that. Axe is our expert on all alien weirdness. What, with being a weird alien himself. What do you think happened, Axe? Jake asked him. I do not know, Axe said, using Andalite thoughtspeak. What do you mean you don't know, Rachel said. Is there something special about these blue boxes? Like they can't be destroyed by Dracon beams? No, it could be destroyed by a Dracon beam. All I can suggest is that maybe it was a simple incident of random chance. Is that Andalite ease for a freak accident? I asked. Yes, the Dracon beam striking my brother's fighter would have created explosive pressures. Perhaps this pressure simply hurled the Escafil device away at high speeds. The what? Tobias asked. 
Tobias was in his usual place, up in the rafters where you can see out through the hayloft. Tobias is one of us, but not exactly one of us. He's what the Andalites call a Nachlit. That's a person who's been trapped in a morph because they stayed in it for more than two hours. Long story. Anyway, Tobias is a red-tailed hawk, and during these little get-togethers, he uses his laser-focused hawk eyes and excellent hawk hearing to make sure no one sneaks up on us without our knowing it. It is called an Escafil device. Actually, it has a number of names. Escafil was the inventor of morphing technology. You know, the science behind it is quite incredible. The device causes a cascading cellular regeneration tied to a Z-space. We so do not care, I said. It can cascade all over its Z-space for all I care. The point is, this thing, this box, this device, this morphing cube, currently belongs to some kid named David who thinks I'm an idiot. Rachel nodded thoughtfully. Well... If he thinks Marco's an idiot, he can't be all bad. She batted her eyelashes at me to show she was kidding. I love it when she does that. We need to get this box, I said. Yup, Jake agreed. We do. Before he figures out what it is, Cassie said, speaking up for the first time. And more important, before the Yurks discover he has it. I took a good, long look at Cassie. See, there was this little episode with Cassie. She quit the Animorphs, because I guess she had problems with some of the stuff we have to do. She came back, of course. But since then, I'd felt a little shaky around her. Cassie has way too many morals and ethics. She's always wondering whether something is right or wrong. Me? I just wonder, will it work or not? I was thinking of something snide to say to Cassie but I decided to keep my mouth shut. Cassie has saved my life more than once. You cut a person a lot of slack when they've saved your life. Okay, so we need information, Jake said. We need to know where this kid lives, most of all. Then we go in and get the blue box. And we have to be careful not to let the kid even suspect what's going on, Tobias said. And obviously we have to be careful not to hurt David, Jake said. He's an innocent bystander. No problemo, Rachel said. He's not a hork he's not a taxon, and he's not Visser 3. Us versus some kid from school? Please. It's a walk in the park. Normally, I have a superstition about ever saying something is going to be easy. But this time, even I didn't worry. Now, I have a new superstition. Anytime I'm not worried, I worry. Hello, Phantomorphs, and thank you for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs auditory experience. As always, this is your host, Daniel. And can you, can you hear this? That sound? Mmm. That, my friends, is the sound of a physical book. Uh, some months ago, I hit up a used bookstore, and they had a bunch of Animorph books there. Um, including the David Saga. So I'm going to try out at least this first one, um, reading it off a physical book, see how I like that, uh, versus the PDFs I've been using so far. The PDFs are kind of nice because my microphone is, you know, hooked up to my computer and, like, directly next to my screen. But, uh, you know, there's something about physically holding a book that, you know, is, is physically holding a book. So, 
we'll see. Uh, I think the sound came out okay still, even though I was slightly like off uh, center from my mic. I don't know. Let me know what you think. Speaking of, yes, we are in the David Saga. Uh, for those of you unaware, this is going to be a series of three books uh, that are all going to be con- one story. Um, this book actually is going to end with a to be continued, uh, just so you're aware what's going on there. I actually thought this happened in like the mid-30s or like late-30s in the series progression. I did not realize it was directly off the heels of uh, the departure uh, so that's that's a lot of whiplash to go directly into uh, the David Saga from there. But here we are in the David Saga. So welcome. Um, now that I've gotten all that rambling out of the way, I do have a review I'd like to read uh, from Nick Theodore on Apple Podcasts, uh, who says, Thank you. I do not know why Daniel chose to start or how he managed to keep going, but I am so grateful. I get to enjoy a book series from my childhood without having to hope the library has, like, five books in a row at one time. I do remember those struggles uh, back as a kid, checking these books out. It was always hard to get the sequential books. Um, But thank you so much for the review, Nick. Uh, Thank you for listening. Thank you for liking it. I've spoken on why I started this. Uh, It was a whim, and I kept going because of another whim. (laughs) But I've... This is honestly... uh, I said this to my friend the other day. uh, Probably... The creative endeavor I am most proud of at this point. I've just poured so much time and resources into it, and I'm I'm passionate about it. Uh, I'm proud. I, I think I do a good job, and at least some of you do too, because you've stuck with me. So thank you. Um, I think that's uh, all the showkeeping notes I have. Um, I guess I don't normally say anything about the music I choose for for these books, but uh. Shout out to Willow Smith for a banging track, and apologies for everyone who sent to me in music. This is one of my own tracks. I've been obsessed with this song for like three months now, ever since I heard it. Um, it's so good, and I think the lyrics um, are applicable to the David Saga. So that's why I chose it, and we'll get back to uh, your wonderful user-submitted song choices um, next book, I think, hopefully. Yep, uh, just some regular, regular other end-of-show notes. Uh, thank you for listening. If you use Apple Podcasts, you want to leave me a review like uh, Nick so very kindly did, uh, you can do that using Apple Podcast reviews. Um, if you'd like to leave me a, a comment or you know message me in any way, you can do that uh, through a variety of means. Audiomorphscast at gmail.com, audiomorphscast.tumblr.com, on Twitter at audiomorphs, and through, through my website, theapodcalypse.com. That's the apocalypse, like apocalypse, but with a D in the middle. Uh, speaking of that website, you can also find all of my other creative endeavors on there. It, that's just mostly a bunch of silly Photoshop images. Uh, my t-shirt, my T Public site, I think, is on there. Or my Redbubble, where I uploaded some really dumb designs. You know, I, I have a couple of tabletop RPGs I've I've made on there that I think are pretty cool. And of course, my other podcast uh, currently ongoing is uh, Into the Rewatch podcast, where I rewatch stuff with my friend Jesse, currently rewatching season three of Riverdale. It's a great time. Other than that, oh, um, I mentioned Apple Podcasts and leave a review. Yeah. Um, tell a friend as well, I guess. Either or, and, maybe, if not, when, where, how, all of that. Uh, I'm, oh, it's getting hot. Folks, I turned off my fans for this. I'm starting to sweat. 
So I'm going to I'm going to get on out of here so I can cool down. Thank you all for listening and I'll see you all next week. My name is Daniel and I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight. <laughs>